Blog Talk Radio.
that you can find in the archives. So be sure to check back to the archives after you uh, tap into this new uh, episode that we have uh, for you today. Um, today is Monday over here in the U.S., so appreciate everybody for the start of the week. Uh, definitely going in strong. Got a lot of new things uh, popping off over here uh, as far as business-wise. So be on the lookout. Uh, if you want to uh, tap into us uh, different ways, uh, go on my um, Instagram. Uh, you can go to the company Instagram, the Silver Enterprises, uh, on, uh, and, and check us out there. Or if you personally want to reach out to me, the host Vikings Moscova, I am at Moscova on Instagram, or hit me up on Twitter, uh, Moscova ENT, uh, as well as uh, Facebook. Um, you can contact me there as well. And, you know, we're definitely reaching out to people all over using our, our, our vast network uh, of, you know, thousands of people, uh, including networks like LinkedIn. So if you uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn if you want. I um, had a couple new followers uh, this past week, so definitely appreciate y'all for, for, for tapping in and, and connecting with me uh, from where you're at. Um, you know, uh, definitely enjoy uh, connecting with all kinds of people uh, from all over. Uh, so, you know, I've been on a couple of different uh, recent podcasts myself um, as a guest, so I want to thank um, those podcasters uh, for those opportunities to, to reach out um, to, to the networks uh, that way. Um, so, again, thank y'all uh, for what y'all do, and um, we will continue spreading the, the good vibes uh, all over the globe. So um, be sure to follow and <clears throat> like all our, our posts. Um, be sure to uh, make sure that you subscribe on whichever platform that you have to our episodes so that you can get them automatically. Uh, so thank you. And uh, back to business. So uh, on our MoscovaEnterprises.com, uh, um, be sure to check out the digital marketing uh, company that provides all the different types of social media or, or SEO or website building um, that you need. Uh, that's one of our main sponsors, so um, definitely got to shout them out. Uh, but today uh, we do have an amazing guest that um, we wanted to have come on because it's really about making sure that you guys figure out how you can attain those different skills that will separate you from your nearest competitor as you uh, traverse uh, the work uh, field or even just life. Um, but most of us want to figure out how we can get our careers in check and 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 going into the direction that we you know that we actually would like. Uh, so you know it's pretty imperative that you figure out how you can study, whether you go on YouTube University or you start uh, attaining books from um, uh, highly qualified authors and, and teachers so that you can get yourself the skill set uh, as easy as possible uh, if you're not in school right now. But if you're in school, um, obviously that's one of the better ways to do that. But, but if you're not, uh, you definitely got to make sure that you get yourself uh, a couple good mentors or, or people in the field that you want to be in so that you can 
uh, attain these different uh, leadership and management skills, as well as the interpersonal skills that we all need to uh, be, you know, good good uh, workers or business owners uh, wherever we are in the world uh, because you want to make sure that your business can and do well with or without you, and, and that starts by uh, creating the foundation um, from the beginning. Uh, so this is actually why, uh, you know, I decided to have uh, Mr. Uh, Mark A. Uh, Hirschberg on today uh, who's the author of the Career Toolkit, which provides essential skills for success that, you know, no one has taught you. Uh, so you can find that book right now um, everywhere uh, or go on his website, the, ter- the careertoolkitbook.com uh, slash synopsis, and you can check out uh, a great chapter synopsis as well as a table of content. But um, Mr. Uh, Hirschberg actually is drawing on nearly 20 years of teaching at MIT's Career Success Accelerator Program and a career spanning half a dozen dozen industries. Mark distills the key skills for a 21st century career into the Career Toolkit, which is, again, essential skills for success that I want to talk to. In Section 1, Career, he lays out, a process for constructing an actionable career plan then guides the reader to success both in interviews and on the job to advance along a career plan. And then in section two, leadership and management, which focuses on the fundamentals, fundamentals of managing and leading applicable to managers and individual contributors alike. It details the essential of a high-performing team how to foster a learning organization, how to reduce meetings by making them more effective, and much more. Unlike typical management books, these tools apply no matter what project management approach an organization uses. And and Section 3, which is interpersonal dynamics, Mark describes how to successfully negotiate, efficiently build a network, and effectively communicate with people from any background. A final chapter on ethics in the workplace provides guidance through common challenges every employee is sure to face at some point. Um, Having uh, recently graduated uh, from William Patterson um, Business School, uh, which was um, supported by Warren Buffett, um, a lot of these topics are definitely um, attempted to be taught in different classes. Um, There's even a new class that was knew my year, which was um, an ethics course that we had to take um, and learning about uh, all the different things that have, have happened throughout the years uh, from different companies that have executives that have, you know, did things that they thought they could, which they really were not supposed to. Uh, so uh, all these topics are really, um, you know, attempted to be taught in schools that cost 30000 or more, uh, but you could get this book for around $30, and it will teach you a lot of the foundational uh, elements that you need so that, um, you know, because the, import- the importance of these skills is well established, yet they are rarely taught in school or corporate training, um, leaving most people to learn only from experience. So this is why this book helped fill in a gap uh, as uh, you know, these schools um, really uh, attempt to do that. Um, 
And again, um, Mr. Uh, Mark Hirschberg, who wrote the book, uh, has done any, everything from tracking criminals and terrorists on a dark web to creating marketplaces and new authentication systems. Mark has spent his career launching and developing new ventures at startups and Fortune 500s in academia, and he helped to start the Undergraduate Practice Opportunities Program dubbed MIT's Career Success Accelerator, where he teaches annually at MIT. He receives his BS in physics, BS in electrical engineering and computer science, and a master's in English in uh, electrical engineering and computer science, focusing on cryptography. At Harvard Business School, Mark helped create a platform used to teach finance at prominent business schools. He also works with many nonprofits, including Tech Youth and Plan Million Corals. He was one of the top-ranked ballroom dancers in the country, and now lives in New York City, where he's known for his social gatherings including his Halloween party, as well as a diverse cuffling collection. Oh, awesome. I'm right in New Jersey. not too far. Uh, but, Mr. Mark, uh, we really thank you so much for uh, being on our podcast today. Uh, it's an honor to have you on, sir. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share some of the advice I've been giving for years at MIT to your audience. Uh, anytime, anytime. And uh, my audience is definitely... Uh, uh, can't wait and is very excited to hear them. Uh, now you have this book, The Career Toolkit, uh, which you uh, wanted to provide so that they could fill in the gaps. Uh, what gaps did you think that were missing in, you know, in schools and colleges and, and what brought you to, you know, to create this book? Great question. 20 years ago, MIT, as we engage with our corporate partners, the big companies who come and hire our students, which range from Wall Street firms to high tech to the top consulting firms, as well as startups and small firms, we talk to them all the time, our career office. And what they told us is that there are certain skills they want to see, but they just can't find it. And that's not just that they can't find it in MIT students, not just that they can't find it in college grads, they can't find it across the board from people in their 20s to people in their 60s across all disciplines. They said there are a bunch of skills we cannot find. What are these skills? Leadership, communication, negotiation, team building, networking, ethics, career planning. These are skills they want to see in their employees across all different jobs, all different industries, but people have not been trained to think about these skills. I have seen similar research. We did this 20 years ago at MIT and continue to get feedback. I've seen similar research from other universities and from other industry experts who all say the same thing. These are the skills companies want, whether it's a small startup or a big corporation. They want to see these skills. But if you think about your education, think back to college and the courses you took, you took whatever your major was, some marketing or science or whatever your field was, and maybe a few general classes. You might have had to take a literature class, a language class, a math class, but no one bothered to teach you these tools. Consider we've all heard, oh, networking is so important, right? I heard that even as a little kid. Everyone said networking is so important. It's not what you know. It's who you know. You have to know how to network. Well, everyone keeps saying it's important, but no one actually stopped and said, by the way, here's how to do it. So we've seen feedback from companies have said, these are the skills we want but they just were not being taught in universities or high school for various reasons. And that's why we created the class at MIT. And I know these skills aren't just for MIT students. They are universal. So that's why I want to put in the book to share it with everyone. 
Right. Um, and when you say these skills, uh, I guess the uh, playing field and uh, everything was changing in the business world, <clears throat> which uh, made sort made, which made sure that these skills were now needed. Um, in your book, you highlight three sections in the career: leadership and management, interpersonal dynamics. Um, which which skills specifically are you you saying that are are missing um, from people these days? All all ten of these. The, there are ten chapters in the book. Which, by the way, you can read in any order. You don't have to go start to finish. If you pick up the book, you can say, I really want to work on my networking. Jump right ahead to Chapter 7, Networking. Skip the first six if those aren't relevant to you. So you can go right into any chapter. But all 10 of these skills, these were the ones that we saw in surveys. These are the 10 skills that I consistently saw in feedback from companies saying, we can't find these skills. So I put it all together in this book. So it's a single, one-stop shop for the skills you need. You don't have to go out and read a leadership book and then read a negotiation book. You can get all in one single place. Right. So why isn't this taught in schools, um, do you think? Great question. And there's two reasons. There's a university reason, the high school reason. High school really was designed for the industrialized workforce. High schools are a new invention. High school only goes back about 100, 150 years, at least here in the right. U.S., and I think it's pretty similar elsewhere. We were all working on farms. What you needed to learn, you learned from your parents. Dad taught you how to farm, how to you know, raise the, the cattle and how to grow the corn. It's only when we started to move into an industrialized workforce around the turn of the century that people had to go off to factories. Well, if you're going to work in a factory, you need to know reading, writing, arithmetic. You have to read that warning label saying, do not enter this area. You have to know how to do basic count, accounting, uh, basic counting, not accounting, counting. So you had to learn these basic skills, and that's what high school is designed for, the real just basic skills to function in an office environment or really back then even just on the assembly line as well as in uh, just in society in general. So they're not teaching the higher level thinking. Now, the university system, that's where you're supposed to go for that. And the university system, that's about 900 years old. But here's the thing about the university system. And now I have a lot of respect for the university system. I spent a lot of time as a student, as an instructor there. But here's the thing. It's run by professors. And to be a professor, that means you got a PhD. You went very narrow and deep in the field. So let's consider if you say, I want to study marketing. So there's a whole bunch of marketing professors who have said, well, if you want to study marketing at our college, here's what you have to do. We're going to set out a bunch of classes you have to take, these introductory to marketing classes, these intermediate classes, pick a few of the advanced classes. If you take all of this and maybe a few general classes that the university wants, but if you take all these marketing classes that we tell you, we have decided at that point we will designate you to have a bachelor's degree in marketing. Right? That's what we're saying. You take these classes and we will give you this degree that credentials you. They are not saying you are a good employee or an effective employee. They're not even saying you're good at marketing. All they're saying is this person has acquired this level of knowledge in marketing. That's it. Nothing more. And that may have been good enough in the 1960s when as a newly minted marketing person, you said, okay, well, I'm going to go join this big corporation. They tell me, sit here. My boss gives me a project to do. And when I'm done, I say, here you go, sir. He says, okay, now here's the next thing to work on. 
But in today's environment, you don't have that same hierarchical structure. You don't have layers of middle management. You don't have a boss who's constantly sitting on top of you saying, okay, work on this and tell me when you're done with it, and that will give you the next thing to do. You have these teams, these cross-disciplinary teams, where you're working with lots of different people with different backgrounds, and you have to take a lot more initiative. So just knowing the mechanics of marketing is no longer sufficient. You have to know how to communicate effectively with non-marketers. You have to know how to stand up and be a leader, even if you don't have some senior title. These are the things that you need to be effective in the workplace, whether you are an individual contributor or in management or even an entrepreneur running your own business. These are the skills you need to be successful. Definitely, definitely. Um, as a person that has uh, been in school and college myself uh, and been taught all these different, um, through these different courses, I definitely see what you mean. Um, but being an entrepreneur uh, uh, and see, being in a field uh, allows me to see how uh, the actual workplace is has been uh, changed in reality uh, because many, many years ago um, I had figured um, you know, working at home and doing everything I needed to do um, for the businesses that I was working for, um, you know, that that's, you know, I, I had keyed into that many years ago um, because I did a lot of marketing and social media work. And to see how COVID has forced that um, is, is very interesting. Um, but I do also see, you know, how um, AI is also coming into play uh, as people are um, turning away work or or deciding not to go to work because of different shots. Um, how, how do you see uh, AI and artificial intelligence uh, playing into the workspace, um, you know, in the future um, where, you know, interpersonal skills or people skills were once needed, um, but different jobs that can be automated are now, um, can be taken to AI. Um, how do you see the importance of, you know, these, these skills at that point? Great question. And it's that automation that really emphasizes these skills. So what do I mean by that? Let's look at history. If you go back to the start of the 19th century, so early 1800s, we were primarily farmers here in the U.S., over in Europe. Most of us, 70 to 90% of us were working on farms. And then we have the Industrial Revolution. So instead of each person going out maybe with a, a single handheld tool and reaping the, the crop or planting in the spring, we had machines that could start doing it so much faster and more efficiently than we can. Of course, today, you now have these massive machines that can plant or harvest and you know, can, can do far more than an army of, of people can do, and they're all automated and controlled. So what happened is we went from a labor force where some 70 to 90% of us had to farm just to generate enough food for all of us to be fed, to now we could automate that. We don't have to go into the fields and pick wheat by hand. Machines can do it. And so that got faster and cheaper for the farms. But then there were a whole bunch of people who said, well, all I know how to do is pick wheat okay, well, you don't have much of a job anymore. Now, they then started working in factories and on the assembly line, which was slightly more advanced skills. 
And then that started getting automated and we can see yet more advanced skills. We can become social media marketers. We can become software developers. We can do all these things today that if we had to be on the farms, we wouldn't be doing. And so what we did is we automated that rote task of being on the farm, allowing us to do something more clever, or interesting, like writing software or social media campaigns. But some of that, of course, is being automated as well. So let's understand what's being automated, what does that mean for us? Let's take lawyers. Lawyers are obviously highly trained people. In addition to a four-year college degree, they'll have three years of law school, and typically they'll even start out almost apprenticing when they join a, a firm for the first couple of years. Well, what a lawyer does, they don't stand in the courtroom and shout, you can't handle the truth. They're actually sitting there most of the day and working on documents. They're going through their redlining documents, right? They're making editing and corrections and say, oh, we have to add a clause about this. Or they're looking up prior case law. They're spending a lot of time doing searches about what the courts say in this case and how do we have to handle that. So what has automation done to their jobs? Well, automation's done a few things. It's helped with the searches. Originally, they just had to pour over law books. And then we started having basic search functionality like Google for court cases. But now with AI, it's become more advanced. And so you can take your court case or you can take the contract that you're working on and the artificial intelligence is going to pick out what are the key terms, what are the key issues, your jurisdiction, everything else. And it's going to start to say, here are the relevant cases. Here's a relevant case law you need to look at. So instead of spending 20 hours trying to look through cases to find the relevant ones, the artificial intelligence says, here's the five most relevant cases and you do it in maybe three hours. You didn't have to waste time searching and going down dead ends. Likewise, wow. when you are adding contracts, this can do, think of it like a spell check or a grammar check, but a little more advanced. So here's a simple example. We often have dollar amounts in the contract, right? You're gonna pay me $10,000. But mm -hmm. if you happen to be in Canada and I happen to be in the US, the software says, wait a second, I see United States and Canada, so when you say dollars, I'm going to flag this. Did you mean U.S. dollars or Canadian dollars? Right? And that's going to catch something that I might have otherwise missed as a lawyer. So it's going to make us all more efficient. But when you think about it, like, well, this is all mechanical, right? The real value isn't did you remember to put Canadian dollars versus U.S. or did you find the right cases? That's why I expect you to do as a lawyer. That's, that's table stakes. The software helps the lawyer be more effective and what this allows is the lawyer can either take on more cases or the lawyer can now say, instead of just looking up case law with all the hours I saved, I can think more about your strategy. How are we going to handle this lawsuit? How am I going to present it in court? Or how am I going to think through more interesting things we can do in this contract? So as we automate the rote tasks, it allows each of us to work on the higher order issues, and that's more strategic. It's also more interpersonal. It's how I'm going to engage with other people because what the software can't do is yet have that unstructured meeting where I walk into the room and say, all right, let's really think about this case strategy and let's talk about this and let me get your feedback. That's where we can invest our time. So as we automate more, the mechanics of what we do, that gets automated away and we can focus on the higher order thinking that's based on the skills that I talk about in the career toolkit. No, that's pretty imperative because a lot of people are thinking their jobs are going away. Um, because even with lawyers, there's websites now 
Um, well, the website actually was just in UK, but a guy programmed the website that can help people with uh, their traffic tickets by basically doing what you said um, just now that the lawyer does, but it, it uh, provides them a defense that they can take to court um, properly uh, formatted and documented, um, you know, as well as uh, in Japan, there's a, there was a company that took out a whole floor of accountants and put in uh, computers um, to help with that. Um, but at the same time, I'm pretty, um, uh, having worked in a marketing, I understand how um, being able to think on your feet and, and be creative is something that computers still haven't um, taken over yet. But the minuscule tasks that we don't mind um, allowing them to take over um, is something that, you know, is not 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 bad. Um, so absolutely, you actually, accounting is a good example, right? Go so if all you're doing as an accountant is just saying, "Oh, I have to pay this check" or "I have to cash this check," like a a ten year old could do that. You're not adding a lot of value. If you can automate that away, then what do you do as an accountant? You talked about, hey, how do we manage your cash flow? How do we get you a better credit line so you can expand your business? How do we do a debt offering, right? How can we do more strategic things and not just, oh, I'm going to go deposit this check? And so those are all the higher order skills, but they involve interacting with other people and not just mechanically processing checks. Wow, interesting. Um, so what is something readers would be surprised to learn about you? Well, I think you covered some of it in my biography. I was a competitive ballroom dancer, and I was one of the top in the country back in my 20s when I used to compete. So I went all over the United States. I went to England, uh, used to go to the national championships in the United States uh, for a number of years. That was a, a really wonderful time in my life, and I do miss, uh, I do miss competitive ballroom dancing. I mean, maybe you could be on that um, show on ABC one day. You never know. Um, kidding. On Dancing with the uh, Stars, a lot of the coaches I worked with are are on the show. Oh, awesome! Uh, I noticed you also have an app. Uh, why did you uh, make an app, and how does it relate to the book? One thing I found is when we read a book, and I've read lots of business books, lots of other nonfiction books. So, oh, really interesting. And then you forget a few weeks later, right? Three weeks after reading a book, you've forgotten 95% of it. My job isn't to sell you a book. My job is to help you be more effective. Now, you can get the content from the book, but I want to help you retain it. So the app, it's a free app. If you go to the website, thecareertoolkitbook.com, and go to the app link, you can see it will then take you to either the iPhone or Android store, and you can download the app for free. You just need to open the app once a month so we know that you're active. And then you don't even need to open the app. Each day it's going to pop up a little notification with a tip from the book. It's almost as if you went through the book with a highlighter. And so each day, and you can set the time, you want in the morning, in the evenings, whatever time works for you, you're going to get that notification on your phone. So you can look at and say, oh, right, here's a good negotiation tip. Great. Swipe. Done. Takes three seconds. But by getting that, Day after day, it's going to help you retain the content and improve your skill set. The other way you can use it is if, say, you're about to go into a negotiation, 
you're not going to necessarily remember to reread that chapter the night before. So you can just open the app and quickly swipe through those tips and get that crash course refresher. So the app is completely free, available on the Android and iPhone stores, or you can go to my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com, and go to the app and just download it right from there. And that's going to help you retain this. It's very helpful as you're reading the book. But I'll be honest, if you don't want to get the book, if you just want to get the app, I'm happy for you to do that. Although I'll note right now, uh, because this is a live show, I'll mention this. Amazon has discounted the book. The book is selling for $4, hardcover or Kindle. They're actually losing money on the book because I know what my distributor sells it for. $4 for the book and the app is free. So it is a total bargain right now. Interesting. Interesting. Um, definitely, uh, everyone, go get that app and the book uh, so that you can supplement your mind and, and your lifestyle. Um, so how, how I was wondering, um, as far as the interviewing uh, section, um, how can a person learn to be a better uh, interviewee um, and make sure that they can, you know, really lock in that new job by showcasing through the interview, um, the skills that that job may may need. Say, someone's going for a, a job in digital marketing, for example. There's a lot of specific things I go through in the book, but here is fundamentally how you want to approach it. If you had to give a speech, if someone said, "Hey, you're going up on stage in front of 50 people, you have to do a talk," what would you do? You'd say, "Okay, well, I'm going to think about my talk. What am I going to say? I'm going to rehearse the talk." Not memorize it word for word, but I'm going to practice it so I'm comfortable saying this. I might record myself and watch and see how I do. I might ask a friend to watch me, give me feedback. And that's how I'm going to improve my public speaking. Interviews are a form of public speaking. We might not be on stage. There might be an audience of one. And the speaking might only be in segments of 60, 90 seconds but it is effectively the same as public speaking. So how can we use some public speaking techniques for interviewing? First, you can know what you're going to say and rehearse it. You know what many of these questions are. They're going to be, tell me what you did at this company. Tell me what's your goal in this next job. Tell me about a time you failed or tell me about a successful team you've been part of. You know these questions. And if you don't, of course, you can Google them. Go through these questions rehearse them, practice them. You can do it as you are driving in your car. You can do it as you're taking a shower, as you're cooking dinner, just practice. Okay. If someone asks me this question, tell me about a time you're failed. Okay. Here's my response and try it a couple different ways. And you're basically rehearsing your talk. It's only going to be 60, 90 seconds, but you've practiced it. So now when you get that question, just like when you're doing the speech after you're well rehearsed, you're going to be ready for it. You're going to be well prepared. But we can do even better by either recording ourselves or doing a mock interview with someone. We can then say, oh, okay, I, I saw how I did this. I want to really emphasize that more. Or, um, I'm really quiet when I do this. I want to make sure I, I sound a little louder here. So you can use those same techniques. One other thing that we can do in interviewing, which good public speakers do, if you really want to get good public speaking, you watch other speakers. You watch other great speakers say, wow, look at that speaker. She does something really interesting there. I like how she uses hand gestures, or I like how that guy modulates his voice, and it really kind of emphasizes his points. 
Okay, I'm going to start incorporating that into my public speaking. Same thing with interviewing. What really started me on the path to being a good interviewee was once I started interviewing other people and I saw some candidates and said, wow, that guy's really great. Or that one, wow, she doesn't come across well. I started thinking about why was he great and why wasn't she and started to incorporate those techniques into my own interviewing. So you can also interview other people. If you're in a job right now, ask to sit on an interviews with other people. That's going to help you become a better interviewee. Uh, definitely practice makes perfect and listening to yourself to see uh, you, you know, what, what gaps, uh, how your breath and everything uh, would definitely make for a better, uh, better presentation um, when looking to lock in that job. Um, so I appreciate that. That was definitely uh, a key uh, uh, answer that people that are um, these days are switching jobs or, or whatnot um, will definitely um, need whether they're uh, entry-level college, college students or executives looking to switch um, because everyone's, you know, looking to figure out how they can look better in the eyes of someone else um, with their personal brand. Um, So, uh, again, thank you for that. Um, When it comes to networking, um, what do you think uh, people are doing wrong these days, especially during COVID where people are on apps like Clubhouse, which is all audio only, so people can't even see you? Um, to, you know, people on Instagram or Facebook or or even in, in-person networking? Um, what do you feel people are doing wrong as far as building their network or who should be in their network? The mistake that people are making, and they were making it long before a pandemic, but they're making the same mistake today and will make it tomorrow, is that they are looking purely for volume. So if you think about the stereotypical networker, it's that person who walks into some event and 20 minutes later, he's got a dozen business cards. Like, oh, I met all these people. I have their cards. Great. I have networked. Well, here's the thing. Saying that you've got someone's business card, saying that you added someone on LinkedIn and this person's in your network, that's like saying I just swiped right on someone on Tinder and now she's my significant other. Right? That would be ludicrous. Right. If I said, oh, I swipe right on this girl. Look, I'm, I'm now dating her. You'd say, no, Mark, you're an idiot. You're not dating her just because you both swipe right. You now just as there's some interest. Now you actually have to go and date her and convince her you're a good guy and build that relationship. You're not in a relationship yet. Same thing when you add someone on LinkedIn or you meet someone for five minutes and get a business card. You don't have a relationship with that person. You can't call that person and ask for favors. You have to build that relationship. Now, it doesn't mean going on dates, but it does mean connecting with that person. It might be meeting up for coffee in a week or two. It might be keeping in touch by email. It might be sending messages once in a while, following each other on social media, but having some type of interaction and building up that relationship over time. Because if you think about when you need a favor, if you were moving this weekend so, okay, I, I got to get some folks to come over. They have to help me go, you know, move my furniture out onto the truck. Who are you going to ask? Is it someone you just met last night at the bar? Or is it a friend who you've known for five, 10 years? When we want to ask requests of our network, it comes from people who know us better, who have more trust. So it's fine to go and get those 10 business cards 
if you want to add strangers to your LinkedIn network, you certainly can, but recognize neither of those creates networking. That's just step one. That's the swipe right on Tinder. Now you have to build the relationship and that takes time. And if you think of networking as relationship building, you're going to have a lot more success. Definitely. Um, uh, you know, I've been to a lot of conferences and, and, and uh, major events um, before COVID. So you definitely don't want to be that guy that's, um, you know, going person to person, uh, you know, uh, thinking they're networking. And, you know, people are looking at them and as like, you know, what's that guy doing or why, you know, why is he going from person to person with so many drinks or whatever it is. But um, that's definitely a key thing that people have been uh, pointing out. And uh, I definitely succeed to that to make sure that I'm not that guy. Um, but it, <clears throat> even with social media, when people think they know you or you, you know, you, people, you know, uh, you think you know someone else, uh, it definitely is about building rapport and, and building up that relationship. Um, because, it, again, it's usually, a, a, a you know, a stranger. If, even, if, even if it was a referral, uh, so to build up that rapport um, so that you can add value to them in some way uh, will definitely help with um, the networking to say you need uh, something um, from them uh, and, and or their network. Um, so that's definitely uh, pretty important um, as people have effectively been uh, pointing that out as something, you know, that they actually find annoying. Um, so again, thank you for that. And um, in, uh, I know you have other things to do, um, and we are winding down. Uh, but uh, again, as far as you know, people that are are trying to figure out uh, how to lock in that perfect job, um, how, how would you say, uh, you know, like like what exact what exactly is mental diversity? Because I, I read that was a part of your book. And how is that important um, to the interview process? Mental diversity, and this is different than neurodiversity, similar but different. Neurodiversity is talking about hiring people who might be dyslexic or people who might be far along on the autism spectrum. But mental diversity is just recognizing that we all have different approaches to how we think. Just think of even left brain and right brain people something we're all familiar with. And that's the most simple model. But you, you can take it even further, I get in a little more detail in the book. We all think differently about problems. If you get everyone who thinks the same way about a problem, then if one person comes up with a solution, they all will. But if one person can't figure it out, the others are less likely to because everyone thinks about the same way. By having people with different types of thinking, different approaches of thinking, left brain people and right brain people, or more diverse as you get into a more complex model, you're going to bring different perspectives and come into a better type of solution. Just as we know, heterogeneous teams outperform homogeneous teams. If all you have are white males, we know that tends to not do as well as a team that also has women, that also has minorities of all sorts of different types because you get so many more perspectives. But even when you say everyone does have the same 
genome, right, even if it is all white males, or even if you say, well, we do have LGBTQ and we have different races and different ethnicities, and we're all together, but if everyone has the same thinking mode, you're still not fully heterogeneous. So by getting that mental diversity, by understanding different ways people think, and then making sure your teams engage in these different modes of thinking, you get fair solutions. Likewise, we as individuals, when we're interviewing or when we communicate, have to recognize that not everyone thinks the way we do. By learning to communicate in these different styles, we can be a lot more effective during the interview process and while working in the job. I lose you. I think we're one of us might be on mute. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I was actually on mute. Um, my, uh, but that was a great point that you made. Um, and uh, you say that uh, you mentioned that people are always interviewing, and um, corporate politics can't be uh, ignored. Um, what do you mean by that? And, and what techniques can employees use to handle corporate politics so that they could be uh, successful? <laughs> Well, the always interviewing, I'll give you a basic example. Just the other month, I uh, had a uh, message, a LinkedIn message from a guy I worked with eight years ago who said, hey, I'm at this company. We need people for an advisory board. We need folks with your background. I think you'd be great. Are you open to this? I'll introduce you to the CEO and you know, see if it's a fit. And so I met the CEO and some board members, and they brought me up. I interviewed for that job. Yes, I interviewed with the, the CEO, but I really interviewed for that job 10 years ago with my former coworker. Now, I don't mean I sat down and said, hey, listen, in the future, you're going to have a job opportunity, so ask me the questions you need. But what happened was I was working with him, right, not thinking about the future, just saying, hey, here, I'm going to do my job, and let's work together and doing a good job. He got to know me. That's really how I interviewed for this job, this job neither of us knew would exist in 10 years. All of us are constantly putting out signals. I'm interviewing right now with your audience because they're getting to know me, and they might be thinking, wow, Mark has some really good points. He's an interesting guy. Maybe he'll be good for our team. They might be thinking, oh, Mark's not that interesting, or he's, you know, his, his ideas are dumb, so we don't want him on our team. Right? One way or another, I'm interviewing. I'm forming an impression. All of us, in everything we do, when we're posting on social media, when we're speaking at a professional event, when we're working with our coworkers, all of us are interviewing for future roles. And it's just something to be aware of. This goes deeper into building your personal brand and how you get perceived to line you up for the opportunities that you want in the future. Wow, wow. <clears throat> uh, another uh, tremendous uh, and a great answer. Uh, now, I, I, you know, I feel I could ask, uh, ask you uh, dozens of questions uh, because, you know, you're such a knowledgeable person with, with a ton of wisdom. Um, you know, maybe we'll have you on in the future. Um, but, again, uh, I just want to thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, you know, please, if there's anything else that you'd like to, to mention, um, I know you have uh, – events that you do in the city um, and links to how people could uh, connect with you, um, please be sure uh, to do that at this time. 
Yeah, if you'd like to learn more, you can go to my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. You can certainly get in touch with me. You can follow me on social media. Uh, that always, I post all of the blogs that come out. I post other podcasts and events that I do there. You can also, as I mentioned, if you go to the app page, that will take you to the Android and iPhone store where you can download the free app. There's also a resources page where I link to some other good books, but also some free online resources that can take you deeper into some of these topics. And the resources I link to, I always try to link to free ones. There are some additional free downloads, how you can create a development program for free at your organization. So it's not just you getting better, but your whole team, your whole company can improve in these skills. That's completely free. All of this you can find on my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. And of course, if you hit the buy button, you can see where to buy it. As I mentioned, right now on Amazon, both the Kindle and the hardcover book are selling for $4. It's on sale. I don't know how long they'll keep that sale, but for basically the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get the book and I guarantee you're going to get far more than $4 in value. If you read the negotiation chapter, you'll learn how to get tens of thousands of dollars, even potentially six figures more in your earnings just by learning to negotiate better. So well worth the $4 that costs right now on Amazon. So go get the career toolkit, essential skills for success that no one taught you. Definitely, definitely. There you have it, my audience. Uh, be sure to connect with Mark ASAP. Again, thank you, Mark, for stopping by. Uh, be sure to have a great rest of your day, and uh, we will definitely be sure to uh, link, put the link out um, for everything. Uh, thanks again for stopping by. <clears throat> thanks for having me on the show, and thank you to your audience. Mm-hmm. And there you got, there you have it, Muscova Media Podcast listeners, the amazing Mark Hirschberg, uh, who has the great book, The Career Toolkit, which is essential skills for success that no one has taught you. Uh, even in just listening just now, I'm sure you guys got a lot of gems and jewels that you probably didn't hear before, or your school is most likely not teaching you, yet these skills are becoming more and more imperative in the job market and world, even if you're an entrepreneur and, and you're, you know, you're your own boss, quote unquote, uh, you definitely need to figure these things out so that you can, uh, you know, build your network, you know, build your, your team, uh, you know, uh, make sure that your vendors are top notch. Just there's so many different aspects, uh, you know, and facets to, to all this, um, which is why, uh, Mark put all that into his uh, book, uh, but that's why I wanted to also share, uh, you know, this resource with you guys and girls all over the globe listening. Uh, appreciate y'all again, uh, but be sure to, uh, you know, seek out tools and, and, and wisdom from people that are really looking to provide value to you that, you know, you can actually use because there's so many uh, snake oil salesmen out there. Uh, but there's definitely, uh, you know, ways to go about things strategically so that you can advance uh, yourself uh, in whichever way, uh, you know, you, you, you seek fit. Uh, so, again, uh, over here at Muscovy Media Podcast, we will continue dropping them dimes, giving you them assists so you can drop them buckets and get yourself an MVP trophy and championship for yourself and your team because that's what we're about, providing value 
and uh, creating ways that you can really open your eyes and really think differently. And uh, as you can see, this this new term, mental diversity, there's so there's different ways of thinking so that you can look at problems from different angles or sides, uh, so that they be they could be uh, you know things could be solved more effectively and more efficiently. Uh, but figuring out how to think, uh, you know, that's that's the that's you know that's usually the the problem or you know what to think or to think the right thoughts, uh, you know, especially as we get into either quantum mechanics or you know or things like Wayne, Mr. Uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, change your thoughts, change your life. Um, you know, it, it, it applies to different. Uh, aspects of life and business and work. So, again, thank you guys for listening at Muscova Media Podcast. We will be continuing to drop them amazing episodes. Uh, check out the archives for some great, great episodes. Um, check, just Google me, Vickens Moscova, to see the different other platforms that I am on. Uh, be sure to check out uh, Mr. Mark A. Hirschberg's website so that you can uh, attain what you need or go to Amazon for his book. Uh, but, again, the careertoolkitbook.com. Uh, and, and if you want to check out the synopsis, put a slash at the end of that. So that would be the careertoolkitbook.com slash synopsis. And, again, he says he has a lot of free resources available for you as well uh, as the app that you can get on Apple or Android phones today. So, again, you know, there's so many ways to get help out there, guys and girls. Don't make excuses. Make solutions. Oh, I think I might have to copyright or uh, <laughs> I have to write that one down. Second, I'm just joking. But um, here, here I am, your boy. Oh, oh, fire alarm. Let me end the show on that note. Thanks again, guys. It's your man, Vickens Moscova, here in my apartment. Uh, and I guess they're checking to make sure everything is safe out there. But thank you guys and be sure and girls. Um, and thank you. Follow me at Instagram slash Vmuscova or anywhere really. I'm on all major networks. So appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again. Peace. It's your man, Vickens Moscova. <laughs>